I listened to one of those apps that puts you to sleep at night. And a few weeks ago, they were talking about the California redwoods. They're hundreds of feet tall, but their root systems are only 12 feet. And the reason that they can withstand so much is that their roots intertwine. And I think that that is what Cancer Book Network is like. Welcome to On the Mission with Norwex Learning Network. I'm Amy Kadora. I created this show to help raise awareness about issues that can impact our quality of life, including harmful chemicals, plastic pollution, and sustainability. We'll also explore the simple changes that you can make to improve you, your families, and the planet's health. Amy Kadora is happy to welcome Sarah Cassidy, the Director of External Affairs at the Cancer Hope Network, as her guest today. Ms. Cassidy has spent more than 20 years in nonprofit work as an ally and advocate, marshalling volunteers and resources to change the world. She was a cancer caregiver and is trained as a hospice and support volunteer. Sarah is proud that CHN is able to ensure everyone has a great support system and access to resources they need when going through their cancer journey. So Sarah Cassidy, so glad that you have joined us um, for our podcast, and um, we're really excited to hear more uh, really about your organization and and hopefully help to um, educate and inform more of our our consultant base and, and customers a little bit more about Cancer Hope Network. And so I thought we would start off just by telling us a little bit, if you would, kind of grounding us in what CHN is. And I also know that um, you guys have been around for 40 years, which is a crazy long time. First in the nation. First in the nation too. Wow. So you were the first. So tell us a little bit about the history. Sure. So Cancer Hope Network, thanks so much, first of all. Thank you so much for having me on, for giving us a chance to talk to your community. we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Cancer Hope Network was founded 40 years ago by an oncology nurse who got together with another nurse. We're actually honoring our co-founders, but they got together because she kept hearing from patients that they didn't, you know, what's this treatment going to be like? I don't know. You know, there wasn't someone that they could talk with. Cancer, as you know, it's isolating. It's scary. And Cancer Hope Network was born of that idea soon, you know, proved by results that talking with somebody who has been there and understands can make a real difference. So our goal, we were the first in the nation to provide one-on-one peer support for people facing cancer. Um, You know, the support that was offered at the time was wonderful, but was in groups. And for some folks, groups aren't necessarily the best place. Um, And so Cancer Hope Network was the first in the nation to provide that peer support. And we've continued to do so for 40 years, growing the way that we provide support, growing the number of communities we serve. We now also serve caregivers. Um, We do additional training to help folks who are considering participating in a clinical trial. Um, But at its core, no matter how the technology changes, you know, whether you're in person, whether you're by phone, Cancer Hope Network was built on hope and that's where our focus remains. So that's an amazing um, mission. And, you know, 
how to tell us a little bit about how it works. So do people, is it something that happens um, if, if you're diagnosed with cancer? Um, are you recommended by the, 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 the cancer team, the medical team, or is this something, I mean, I love being able to spread the word so people know that this is available. How does it integrate with, I guess, a traditional team that's working with you on your treatment plan? It, if it does, it may not too. It does. Okay. It absolutely does. So it's one of those answers where questions where the answer is, it depends. Um, okay. People can self-refer. They can go to our website, you know, visit cancerhopenetwork.org or call our 800 number and request a match. All of our matches are free and confidential. Um, We also work with a lot of healthcare providers and healthcare professionals, social workers, navigators, um, oncologists to refer folks so that as part of that treatment, as part of their treatment plan, many providers understand that connecting with someone and receiving peer support can be really useful. And Mm -hmm. so they will refer to us. Um, Those providers will work with our programs team, who you will hear me talk about a lot. Um, They are the healthcare and social work professionals who actually sort of make the matches. So for us, a match is a connection between a client and a volunteer. Our volunteers are trained, but that match, it may be one conversation, but many of them will have a lot of visits with it. So you'll hear me talk about matches and you'll hear me talk about match visits. Match visits are part of that ongoing conversation. And so sometimes the healthcare provider will refer someone and they will say, I have this patient who has given me their consent and would like to be matched with someone who shares a similar treatment. And our team will say, okay, here are the volunteers that we have. Here's who we think would be a good match. Get everyone connected and then begin that process. So whether a client comes to us because they found us, because a friend told them about us, they found a brochure somewhere, um, or their oncologist or navigator suggested it. Once they get to us, um, they'll have a conversation. We call it an intake. They'll have a conversation with a member of the programs team. And in that conversation, most of our matches start based on a shared diagnosis, a shared treatment plan. Um, for some folks, if they come to us early in their cancer journey, they will be debating between two different opportunities you know, treatment options that their healthcare team is recommending. And so one of the key pieces in our training is that our volunteers don't recommend um, specific treatments, obviously, or doctors or um, medications, Mm -hmm. but they can't explain their personal experience. So I elected to have radiation and this was my experience. I elected chemo then surgery. This was my experience. And so they can share that one-on-one experience. Uh, so they can be matched, you know, you can be matched with one. Most folks are matched with one volunteer. Some will get matched with two or talk to a couple of people. Um, and then once they're matched, our programs team checks in with both the client and with the volunteer. We check in with the volunteer after every single visit. Um, we check in with the client after that first visit. And then as the client requests it, just to make sure that everything the patient or caregiver needs that they're getting those resources. Mm-hmm. Our volunteers are mentors. They are trained as mentors. They are survivors. They are caregivers. But there may be other, you know, you would hope that when cancer happens, life would stop. Everything would start going beautifully and life would be perfect, but it doesn't. And so a lot of people are facing other challenges. And so the programs team kind of buttresses or supports the volunteer support. Right. 
So I was just thinking if, if someone got cancer and <clears throat> I'm thinking about all there's, you're right. It, there's some complexity to it in that there are so many different categories of questions, whether it's treatment related, or it, of course it might be insurance navigation related. It might be even work related. You know, how, how do I handle work? What's, and it sounds like your, your mentors, um, can help in actually in, in some ways in all of those areas and probably a whole lot more too. Mm-hmm. They absolutely can. And for the places where they either can't help or where a patient or a caregiver needs a little more help, we are really proud as an organization of being part of a team. So folks refer to us, but we also refer out. So part of those services that we offer are helping to connect you know, a caregiver who's struggling and needing respite with an organization in their community where they can mm-hmm. find some respite mm-hmm. or to connect, you mentioned work issues. Um, we have a great partnership with Cancer and Careers, an organization whose entire mission is dedicated to making cancer and your career, literally their name, you know, making that a little bit easier. And so we will work with other folks to get people the need, the help that they need. Mm-hmm. I listened to one of those apps that puts you to sleep at night, you know, listen to the grown up bedtime story. And a few weeks ago, they were talking about the California Redwoods, which of course, you know, I'm from the Midwest and now live on the East coast, have not seen them. They were talking about how the, you know, they're hundreds of feet tall, but their root systems are only 12 feet. And the reason that they can withstand so much is that their roots intertwine. And I kind of think that that is what cancer network is like. We really intertwine with your healthcare team, with your community, and with the other resources that will help you to withstand whatever that storm of cancer is throwing. Beautiful analogy. I absolutely love that. That's perfect. Perfectly described. So how many people, how many volunteers and administrative people work within Cancer Hope Network? Sure. So our paid staff is very tiny, or as we call it, lean Um, we have eight paid staffers, um, both full and part-time. And then we have just about 500 trained volunteers and survivors, you know, caregivers and patients, caregivers and survivors, excuse me, across the nation Mm -hmm. who are providing that one-on-one support. So our team, it enables us by keeping such a lean staff, it enables us to, we're robust enough to provide good training and good support the volunteers and clients, but also lean enough to be able to focus our resources to best support patients. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. with, with eight people kind of leading the charge or standing behind the scenes, um, that's amazing. And to have 500. And I can imagine that those people that have been impacted with cancer, it also benefits them to to be, be you know, to be helping, to be saying, hey, I can help you. I can help you through this. This is a, this is a difficult time and I can help you. I can be there for you. Absolutely. We hear that so often from volunteers mm-hmm. where they'll tell us, you know, I came here to help. So many people make that promise to themselves, to their higher power, whoever they make that promise to as they're going through treatment. Right. If I get through this, I'm going to do something. And so Cancer Hope Network comes in and like, this is a way for them to give back. It's a way to help somebody else in a similar position. It's also a safe way with all of the concerns about covid Our matches are happening by phone. And Mm -hmm. so even if you're an immunocompromised survivor, you can provide help. So people come to us and like, I am going to be a help. Mm -hmm. And what we hear again and again is, yes, they are being a help. We know that because, you know, our clients are telling us 
like 95%, I think at last check, were extremely satisfied. But the volunteers are getting just as much out of it. They're like, I started on the phone to think I would help this lady and now I feel better. So it really is an important, it can be an important part of a survivorship journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about all the dollars that are being spent on research, right, in cancer and and million, yeah, definitely hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Um, But to think about peer support being, it's really, it is really one of those crucial, The you know, if you're thinking about a three-legged stool, it's got to be one of those, those key um, legs in that, you know, for that three-legged stool to stay balanced, right? Absolutely. We know that, you know, we hear repeatedly that it helps to decrease distress, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that it helps people to fear. stay compliant. Fear, like fear. Absolutely. Whole, I mean, that's got to be the first thing that hit strikes you, right? Is that fear of, yeah, how, do, how am I going to yeah. manage this? Absolutely. Our volunteers, you know, those 500 folks, just about 500, range in age from, I think, 19 to 94, speak 15 languages, have faced more than 85 types and subtypes of cancer. You know, there's range in that group. Mm -hmm. And among that group, of course, we have people who were fairly recently treated, you know, within the last year, Mm -hmm. um, and who have had some of those newer the access to newer innovations that research makes possible. We also have long-term survivors and to speak with someone who can say, Oh, you had esophageal cancer and you're here. Right. Can be so powerful. I will never, not long after I started, I talked with one of our volunteers, Joe, I think he's since retired from being a volunteer, but he was telling me that that was the first question. He's like, every time I call someone like, how long are you out? And at that point it'd been like 19 years. And he's like, I can hear this breath of like, okay. And then they can talk, you know, because it gave them that moment of, okay, right. there is hope. I am seeing you. I am hearing you. So. That hope is so important. I mean, all of us have been touched, I know, by cancer and, and, and watching people go through that process. And, and even in those most rare forms of cancer, um, it's hard to concentrate or focus on the successes. You know, it's it's way easier for us as humans to to go to the um, uh, to, to to the worst scenario. But I will say, even the research that I've read time and time again says that that mental framework that you approach cancer with absolutely has an impact on outcome. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that what you're doing is part of that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been one of the, it was an innovative idea 40 years ago. And I think it's still so necessary today. What was revolutionary then is now something that's starting, as you're mentioning, being backed up by science and being, okay, we knew this was good, but now we're starting to see why. Right. Exactly. That empowerment too, for people, um, because I think uh, cancer can be so disempowering and can can take all of your power and control and and to be um, to have something like Cancer Hope Network um, and your mentors be able to give back some of that, even 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 a five minute conversation to empower mm-hmm. somebody um, is huge in this in this game with cancer. It's huge. It's so incredible. And it's so helpful to have someone who can give you that hope and give you that power, but also do the practical things like help yeah. you create a list of questions. Yes. You know, we, many of us, at least in my personal experience as a caregiver, from what I 
hear from our survivors over and over. You're not an expert in your cancer when you're diagnosed, right? It's that time stopping moment and talking with somebody who's been through it. They may be able to give you tips like, oh, Mm -hmm. chewing ice before this helped me right? or, you know, simple things. And they also can help with the questions. Ask Mm -hmm. your doctor about X, Y, Z. That's one place where, because we serve across the nation, our volunteers are kind of all over. And I think at last check, 35 states. And they are in communities where cancer care is at a variety of levels. Mm -hmm. And so connecting with someone, whether it's being able to connect with someone who's had a rare diagnosis, who may be one of very few in their community to be diagnosed, they can talk with another survivor. um, And they can also learn about options and opportunities that are further away. You know, ask your doctor about this, that, or the other thing. Right. I, yeah, it's, um, I, I love how kind of all encompassing it is. And to that end, you've talked about, you've mentioned support that um, Cancer Hope Network offers to family members, as well as uh, the loved one who may be going through cancer. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what, um, you know, as, as I do have, uh, my stepmother has been caring for my father for many years. And man, that caregiving of someone who's undergoing that is a tough, that's tough, you know, 24 seven to be caring for someone. And while also emotionally dealing with, you know, your caregiving, but you've got that emotion from the relationship with that person. So how does Cancer Hope Network help support or direct family members to, to even get more support? Yeah. So we will match people. Um, we will have caregivers, oftentimes family members, sometimes other family or friends who will reach out to be matched. Um, and they will connect with the volunteers. Sometimes you're connecting with another caregiver. I, a couple years into my time at Cancer Hope, my mother-in-law was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And all of the sudden, this wonderful thing that I had been traveling around the, you know, literally it's my job to go around and talk about Cancer Hope. And I suddenly got to experience it firsthand. Right. And you can't, we will connect caregivers with another caregiver, which I did. It was a great conversation of helping me personally to realize, as you said, it's such an, there's such a dichotomy in caregiving, right? It's the great honor of your life. This is someone that you love. You are helping them to either get well, to have the best end of their life as possible. It's this wonderful thing. And then it's also frustrating because you're tired and, you know, I, my caregiver volunteer, it's stuck with me for years, but she helped me figure out how to move my mother-in-law so that she was more comfortable. It wasn't causing her pain and I could move her. It was a simple thing, but that has stayed with me. And so we will match people with another caregiver. And sometimes we'll find caregivers who want to talk with a survivor of that same cancer. So, you know, when my mother-in-law was diagnosed, I wanted to talk to another ovarian cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to her and she was like, oh, Taxol? That was my easiest chemo. That happened to be the one that, you know, my mother-in-law was getting. And that day, it wasn't a specific piece of advice. It wasn't anything, but it was something to give a little bit of hope. And then, you know, to kind of walk us through. And more seriously than that, if your loved one is facing brain cancer, it can be, diff- you know, how is this going to feel for them? Or how is this radiation as part of your you know, treatment going to be? So we can connect caregivers in a variety of ways. That conversation with the programs team, that initial conversation, whether you've been referred or whether you've referred yourself, um, really is about finding out what's most important to the client. 
whether that be a caregiver or a, um, a patient, and making sure that if they want to talk to somebody who's had the same diagnosis, the same treatment, that's great. Um, they may also want to care, want to talk to somebody who has a shared psychosocial factor, whether that be working through treatment. I want to talk to another parent who's working through treatment, or I want to talk to, you know, whoever, whatever that might be, that's important to them. So we try to make those matches as well so that it's what the client needs rather than what we think might be a great idea. Right. So in, in your time with Cancer Hope Network, are there one or two patients that stand out to you where, you know, the, the matches with volunteers were awesome or just one or two stories that, that stand out for you? about cancer health or hope network, excuse me. Sure. So I think, you know, as this is breast cancer awareness month, and as we look at that through the years, I've gotten to talk to a lot of really great volunteers, survivors, and the clients that we're serving. Um, One that stands out to me is Jeff, who is one of our male breast cancer survivors, because so often in this month, we are focused on the beautiful pink and all of the care that we are giving to female breast cancer patients and survivors. But for Jeff, you know, it was, he's a ham operator and this wonderfully creative, inspiring person who's a great pillar in his community. But he also, you know, kind of jokes that now pink is his second favorite color. And I always think of him when October rolls around, because that is one of the great things about Cancer Hope Network is that support that's specific to the person who needs it. So that if somebody, you know, if, a gentleman has been diagnosed and wants to talk to another guy, he can. And, you know, I've heard that from a couple of our male volunteers actually talking about, so often we focus on the needs that women have, um, the trauma of maybe losing your hair or um, other side effects of cancer. And for them speaking with clients or, you know, getting matched with other patients to say, okay, yes, this was a challenge for me, but here's how I got through it. You know, Mm -hmm. Jeff had to worry about going back in the swimming pool. Um, I think of another volunteer. She is one of our long-serving volunteers. And for her, she was diagnosed with a cancer so rare that her doctor literally said at that point, let's take down this book and read about it together. Oh, And so, you know, she was a nurse and it was a terrifying time. But equally important to her experience was the concern about getting a wig. You know, what if the wind blows and it blows my, my wind gets a little strong and all of a sudden I have no hair or how do I put my glasses on? And so she has been able to take that experience, mm-hmm. not only of being diagnosed with something so rare, but also of that visceral reaction mm-hmm. and to be able to say, okay, here's how I made it work with my wig. You know, she has gotten to be extraordinary at eyebrows. And so, you know, that's one of those things that we smile, but also is really an important part of who some of us are. And so those two always strike, you know, those kind of are who are jumping into mind. We have so many others. I could probably keep you talking (laughs) about them forever. You know, the teachers who connected, they were connecting because they had a shared uh, diagnosis and both were losing a limb. They were going to have to have one of them. The volunteer had had an amputation and the other was going to, the client was going to, and they were going to talk but they also happened to be teachers. And so it was this magic moment of, yes, you have the same experience. You know what I'm going through, but also when did you tell your kids? How did you tell them? You know, what did your students know? And so we really try to make sure that those matches are 
meeting the big needs and also the needs that feel really big. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, there's you're definitely making magic happen there, you know. And and it's funny when you talked about um, the the gentleman who had breast cancer. It made me think that. <clears throat> Maybe this is cultural, but we we sometimes maybe we don't think about the issues and challenges that men undergo when they're dealing with cancer, right? Because culturally, we think of men as strong and able to withstand a lot of a lot of things, right? Rather than not that there's a lot of the same, I'm sure, emotions and emotional needs that they have that we don't think about. So that that's something for yeah. me to take away. Um, from this conversation alone, just thinking a little bit about how how men are um, how men are managing it and how we can help mm-hmm. support too. And I think that's one of those places we're getting matched with about because our service mm-hmm. can be online is you know both mostly by phone, especially these days. Right, everyone's meeting by phone um, during the pandemic, and so if you're not ready, whether it be a man who maybe culturally mm-hmm. hasn't been isn't comfortable going into a group and sharing their feelings, but connecting with somebody one-on-one talking about a embarrassing cancer, whatever that may be for each person, um, connecting one-on-one on a phone call can be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, what can people, we've got, of course, our promotion, our party for our cause this month that we're so pleased to be partnering with you guys on, but once this month is over, what, what can people do to, to help cancer hope network? Well, first, and I would be remiss not to spend about 20 minutes talking about how grateful we are to partner with you again this year. I think it has been something that in the past years when we've partnered, we've seen increased awareness. We've seen more folks coming to us. And that, I think, is the most important way that people can help, is that oftentimes you don't know you need us until you do. That's right. So helping people to become more aware mm-hmm. to when they have that loved one who is diagnosed or when they themselves are to reach out and just request a match, Mm -hmm. get the help that you need. Um, You know, we're not forcing anyone. They can kind of do it at their own pace. Um, That it would be one very important way to help raise awareness. And then we're also always looking for more volunteers, Mm -hmm. folks who have faced cancer, who have been caregivers. That has been one of the biggest jumps, you know, over the pandemic last year, we saw about a 20% increase in the need for our service um, in requests and matches. This year, we are on track month to month. I think it's like 30, 31% increase over last year. Wow. There's so much need. And one of the great needs that we have right now is caregiver volunteers to folks who have been caregivers um, and then now are at a place in their caregiving journey that they're ready to share. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're always looking for survivor or caregiver volunteers, but right now kind of one of our big needs is caregiver ones. Okay. And then of course, because I'm also in fundraising, we are always happy (laughs) to, yes, but you know, helping people to find us, you know, the Norwex family, you know, foundation and Norwex community has such incredible reach people find us because right. of it. And right. that can be such a huge, we have some volunteers. Somebody asked me a couple of years, it's been last year, two years ago. Um, it was a question I never gotten at Cancer Hope. And they're like, well, what is failure for Cancer Hope? And I was like, well, and I realized though, yeah, interesting question. Like first time I've ever been asked that at, yeah. about a nonprofit, but it was a great question because she was, I realized that failure for us is when somebody comes to us later 
and says, oh, I wish I'd known. I wish. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so that is the place, you know, we're not fighting competition. There's right. a lot of great organizations who are, you know, providing great services to cancer patients. We're good playing in that sandbox, but we're fighting doing nothing. We're not knowing what to do. So right. yeah, that. Thank you so much. No, happy, happy to do it, and and um, happy yeah. to just it, it's it's just a win 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 all the way around, right? Get you exposure, get some help Absolutely. for people, and hopefully get Absolutely. them feeding back into the program, whether it's donations yes. or it's volunteering time. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Sarah, I want to thank you so much for coming on with us today. And again, the organization is Cancer Hope Network. It's a wonderful organization that. Um, definitely helps people in a peer-to-peer situation to to really better navigate their cancer journey and um, certainly bring them hope as they're as they're stepping into this um, onto this new path. So, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to continuing to partner with you as well. Thank you, Amy, and thank you so much to the Norvex community. We are incredibly grateful. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to share with friends and family and don't forget to follow and subscribe.